Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. I'm Johnny Wynn, founder of The Venture Out, the best way to start your morning. Find me at theventureout.com. And I'm Bo Peacock. Oh, man, I put my last name. Yeah, I know. What are you doing? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I know. Skynet's already zooming in. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let no act be done without a purpose, nor otherwise than according to the perfect principles of art. Man, that's impressive, Bo. <laughs> it's as if you read that out of a book. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm a, a deep well of uh, meditations. Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for listening. And the Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Our show's not quite that stuffy, but here and there, we stumble upon something profound between the geeky jokes. Let me quickly introduce our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Junto Show. Oh, sorry. Mm? Just Junto Show. I'm saying. I don't know. Right. And this is where you can help donate some funds to us to... uh, to help uh, sponsor us doing what we'd love to do, which is uh, this podcast. Spread some love to us, your intrepid hosts. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Five-star reviews, money. We're beggars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any news going on with you guys? Anything you want to share with the uh, the crowd here? Want to shoot the crowd real fast? I got nothing. Bo, uh, how's fatherhood? Well, fatherhood's good. So if uh, any other young uh, or new, new dads, I guess I'm not young, uh, are you young? Well, yeah, I would say, okay. How are you, 26? Uh, a little more, a little older, a little up there. Yeah? 30, 32. Sorry, that's how old you are? Yeah, 32. Youngin. I don't think I would have got that right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old would you guess him? I don't know. Uh, maybe 33. 33? Yeah, okay. I know he's a little, a little bit younger than me, but yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No. Well, uh, so... Um, as anyone with a young kid, the young kid is always sick. Mm. And uh, so waking up in the middle of the night, not so fun when the kid is crying and does not want to go back to sleep. But you do it because you love the kid. You know, and That's oh. just what uh, that's what you do. Okay. Or is abandonment and it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of go cry it out, kid. Okay, I got, I got something. I got something. Okay, okay so I uh, over the weekend, I went to the United State of Women Summit, which is like a big women's conference in California. Um, like I think it's uh, Michelle Obama. I think is one of the founders, and she was like the keynote speaker. Michelle Obama and Tracy Ellis Ross. It was amazing. Uh, oh, maybe, you were in California this weekend, right? Yeah, there was maybe like five thousand women there. It was it was it's wild to be like one of like twenty dudes in a room full of five thousand women, which was a uh, I mean it's pretty cool. Good odds. <laughs> <laughs> what? Still still struck out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but here's here's the interesting thing, right? So since it was a women's conference, or, and also like super. Uh, like woke and also super liberal, they all the bathrooms were gender neutral bathrooms. Oh, interesting. Which is which is super smart, like for a women's conference, right? Because then you get the the men's bathrooms open for women, right? And then uh, and the women's bathrooms open for women, and then it's just like you know the men or whatever. And how did you feel? Uh, I was for the most part okay with it, but here's the the, the rub, right? So I got after I got out bad of word. <laughs> bad word, <laughs> that's a bad word to use. There, man. Nope. I'm sorry. Uh, here is the, the pecker. Here's the pecker. <laughs> Wait, that's not bad. That's not okay, so uh, I get out of one of these panels, and then uh, there's a long and skinny of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a long line of women mm-hmm. at at the bathroom, going into the men's bathroom, but it's the gender neutral bathroom. And I'm like, well, this long line of women is going to the stall. I feel like I am within my rights to skip this line 
and then pee in, in the urinal. The urinal. Yeah. In front of all these women. <laughs> uh, did you uh, Did you do that? I did that several times. And uh, was everybody like manpower? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It felt super awkward, but also like the only way that works. Because I was like, I'm not about to wait. This that line was clearly like 20 minutes. So yeah. did Did you stand like further back from the urinal than normal? <laughs> and put your hands on your hip. I got a good arc going, <laughs> like a, a, yeah. rain, a rainbow with only yellow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So, so, what? How? How would you govern yourself in that situation? Like, there's a long line. You got to pee. Do you wait in line? Use a stall? Or do you feel like you're okay to use the urinal? I use the urinal. Uh, if, if you want. <laughs> I'd go outside and be like, can't do that. Nah, you wouldn't use the bushes. I would use the bushes over the bathroom. It's right there. Yeah, but I mean, God, it feels so weird. It does feel weird. Yeah, I'd just be like, no, man, this is what they want. You identify a, a, a gender-neutral yeah. restroom. I'm going to use it. This is what you want it. I'm going to do it. I mean, yeah. so like I did it a couple times, right? No harm, no foul. Nobody ever yeah. said anything for real. Good. I mean, it was it was like a little awkward, but it felt like the type of thing that would be awkward for like the first, like if, if it became a thing nationwide, it would mm-hmm. only be awkward for like the first I don't know for five months, and then did everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, this is the better way of doing it." Did it take a while to get started, though? Oh no, no, no! I, I I'm, uh, I start the pee process. You know, when I reach the doorway, really? By the time I get to the <laughs> urinal, it's the I'm pretty <laughs> sure all the way down. Uh, yeah. A loud noise would disrupt the flow. <laughs> no, what the, the the women gasping? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, the conference was really, really good. Like, uh, lots of really good speakers, and. Um, uh, a lot of activism being being uh, brought to the forefront, and the thing I took away from it was how I pee in front of women. <laughs> so that's, uh, I guess, probably not a good commentary on, on my part. Well, I would say that you are now a um, a soldier in the fight for equality. Uh, yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. Yeah, you peed in front of women that you have now taken a step you probably to equality. St- you probably shouldn't start with that one as your... Uh, <laughs> okay. So, okay, but, you know, for the... The, the restrooms are a big deal and people are passing laws in these uh, southern states and it's become a whole issue whatever and having experienced like gender neutral bathrooms didn't seem like a big deal I guess I'll, I'll put in that plug for that I also wasn't a woman maybe I was freaking all the women out <laughs> I don't know No, I guess uh, tweet us about that yeah but what if you had to like take a deuce that would have been miserable that probably be better because like <laughs> how would that be better because you're in a stall and then they don't see yeah well, you, you, would, you would be one of the 20 guys that took a stinky deuce and now none <laughs> of the women can use the bathroom that's so also like they're sitting in that line with the women they know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> you're just like no i'm using i'm gonna just go pee in the stall uh-huh. and that's why i'm waiting in line even though there's 30 urinals open <laughs> and that's why i'm dancing yeah. <laughs> be like i'm glad they had chipotle here mm. <laughs> it was tasty no oh, man I'm eating chipotle. all right so <laughs> we're going to get things started with our first segment okay uh hot take news Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. All right, so uh, let's see what we want to start with here. All right, I guess the big news of the day is that the uh, Trump administration has pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, the Mm -hmm. JCPOA, the Joint Something Plan of Action. Which was a uh, which was a negotiation negotiated by the Obama administration to stop Iran from getting nuclear weapons. Uh, so in actuality, we didn't like pull out of the deal so much as we are not going to waive the sanctions on Iran, which is the, the thing. Which means that when the next round of it goes around, the American sanctions will get put back in place. Yep. And uh, and the way it works is kind of weird. It's like um. I don't think America really does business with Iran already for different reasons, but it kind of restricts a foreign 
company's ability to do business with Iran. So it's kind of like yeah, it, it's the secondary effects. Yeah, and it's, it's where like, it really kicks in. Yeah, exactly. It's like but it's like roundabout uh, sanctions on our yeah. uh, allied countries because if they do business with Iran, then we like stop doing business with them, and then mm-hmm. it like hurts them. So super smart. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I, so the stated goal of the administration seems to be to bully Iran into being a good actor and to come back to the negotiating table to get more of their uh, abilities to uh, make ballistic missiles taken away. Yep. And I think that this uh, sets a great precedent for our uh, deal-making capabilities and it's going to make things, our negotiations with North Korea, much more smooth. Yeah, well, that A, that is a strategy, bullying. And you raise a good point there. We're just about on the brink of uh, negotiating with North Korea. So if you're in North Korea, you're looking at this, you're like, well... You just reneged on that other agreement. It feels like I need more guarantees with my agreement now. So in actuality, Trump might have just raised the cost of the negotiation with North Korea keep to something in, higher. Keep, yeah, true, right? Keep in mind that he's also pulled out of the TPP mm-hmm. agreement. He's mm-hmm. also pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. Yep. And he talks all day about how he's going to pull out of NAFTA. So it's like... So, I mean, I, I was thinking a lot about this. So a couple of points. One is um, he obviously puts a great deal of value in his campaign promises, right? Mm-hmm. So this goes back to a selfish ego of it's about me and, and, and holding up my promises that he made personally on the campaign. I, I think, what I mean, he, actually I would say if, if that's what he's doing, then that's actually, I mean, it's kind of impressive to me. Actually. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't so, come away from that. Yeah. I don't right. critique it from that standpoint but, going but, on. But, but the problem is he's the president. Once you become the president, you're at a higher elevation office now. It's it's beyond just you, Trump, or us, or, or you know, any individual person. You are now holding on to a legacy of a presidency. So you, in effect, aren't talking about yourself anymore. You, you shouldn't even be thinking about yourself. You should be thinking about the legacy and all prior presidents because to a degree, you're, you're just carrying on the baton and moving it, moving mm-hmm. the race forward a little bit more. So all previous presidents promises is what should truly count at that point once you once you assume that office mm-hmm. and make that yeah. oath i don't know if i agree with that yeah i feel i, I feel like it, my, so you're really viewing this lens through the the lens of we disagree i disagree with most of the most of the things that are being done right but if my dude got elected and then like didn't do the things that he ran on i'd be pissed i'd be like this is not what i signed up for like i i voted for you to do x y and z and then you're you said you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then you get in office, and you're like, "Oh no! It turns out that uh, X, Y, and Z are are, are uh, not good." And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, "Well, no, well, if that, you know, like, what's the what's the point in even having you?" Now, I mean, the next block has to be hosted in a pile of ashes, <laughs> 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 you know. So I guess there's that, but but I, I don't yeah. think that's the thing. I think it's ah, man, it's just uh, it's rough. <laughs> but I, I feel like personally, though, I, I went to bed getting a little bit worked out like oh man i hope he doesn't pull out of this deal he put out all those other deals he ne- never had a backup plan he, he does these actions without thinking about what is the next step after that like if, if you want to pull out of these things fine mm-hmm. but what's the strategy moving forward it doesn't seem to be a strategy yeah. no, no, the, the strategy this, that's the that's the worst part i wish there was no strategy the strategy according to the what was the national security advisor or whatever john bolton Who's a very influential person? Who is one of the the, the, the guy that came straight out of a Western? <laughs> yeah, a Western plumber. <laughs> that mustache. He he, and there's a and there's a contingent of people, and also like uh, Israel is really big on this too. Like a Netanyahu gave a big speech saying Iran has got nukes and they, they oh, want whatever. To kill. 
but but Trump uh, quoted Netanyahu in his in his speech though, so it clearly had some influence on yeah. on his thinking. Listen to the wrong people. Well, yes. You listen to the charismatic Macron. Macron. Okay, you listen to that guy. They want to. Uh, 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 Netanyahu. It sounds like a that was chocolate a, drink. I saw that. I saw that Yoo-hoo. the video in the presentation, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what the who 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 presents like this? <laughs> Make PowerPoint. And then it was like, it was like two words. Iran lied, <laughs> and it's like who would who, who would that convince? I'm going to do that more oh. often now. <laughs> oh yeah, now I know. Let's see if you make if if I look at something and I say, hmm, that would be a presentation for like a f- high school freshman or um, that's what you're supposed to. You're supposed, to you're supposed to talk at a third grade level at that level at that present level. I mean, it works. That's what you're supposed to do. When, yeah. when you well, address an audience of ten people, you, you can speak at a college level. Speak at, you speak at a hundred people. You have a talk at a high school and so forth. But I you're ran. speaking to one person, though. You know, it's, yeah, well, yeah, it yeah, works. The, I mean, then so, you speak uh, at Einstein level. Man. <laughs> no, no, it's clearly. Anyway, so <laughs> you just go this bad. <laughs> this other thing, good. Hold on, slow so, down, slow down. I'm having my secretary take notes. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. There's a shiny wall of CDs. <laughs> let me just let me reveal it. <laughs> let me just uh, shake it and watch Look, it shimmer. Evidence, man. I've got so, this from Memorex. It was in my it was in my uh, lower drawer. He's going. And then we uh, we it was in a shadow box. It's a shadow box. <laughs> you know, well, it's a. <laughs> box full of shadows. All right, so I'm legitimately concerned. That quick, quick shout out though to Natalie Portman, who is uh, Israeli. Is she? And she declined to go to Israel to pick up the Lifetime Achievement Award because of the way her, uh, you know, her government's that government's working. Hey, shout out to her. She's yeah. uh, she's pretty woke though. I like Natalie Portman. Yeah. Anyway, I'm legitimately concerned about uh, a, a new war with Iraq and and North Korea, which is why you know I bring that up, and I'm just like. Well, if you're if you're worried about a, a war with North Korea, you should be worried about a war with China. Yeah, essentially, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't then, want that either. And China and Russia are having this now. They have a large trading block they're putting together, that and so rough. they have a a large economic incentive yeah. to kind of maintain this alliance of you know I don't of a oppressive regime, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know our actions. That's that's the thing that kind of worries me is. I think you know, we're losing. If, if our, there was, if there was some geopolitical strategy behind this, I, I could probably kind of be like, okay, maybe he knows more than me, you know. But no, I don't think he does. I think, I I think mean, we're just, I'm just a regular nobody. Yeah, but I think we're just losing our, um, our influence on the world right now. Our, we are the leader of the world, much less the free world. Used to be. Yeah, and, and now we keep on. Um, you know, not taking on these leadership roles anymore and giving them away to other countries and Russia and China and so forth. It, it, you know, which is, which is really funny, right? Because if you had, it's not going to last too long. Here. If you had talked to Lance about four or five years ago, I would have been all about like not getting involved in all this crap like that, and I was kind of isolationist or whatever. But like seeing it in practice, it kind of feel like a some some Obama administration dude or whatever. You know, he was like, um, if if America doesn't like step in and set the norms for the world, right? And like it, and be a, the driving force behind uh, human rights and all that stuff like that. Then like China, who doesn't care about that stuff, will be the one making the choices and doing the stuff like that. That's why in Finlandia we're so concerned about going out and helping out other people. Yeah, no, there you go. Mm. Spread yeah. that uh that uh finbranium. <laughs> um, real quick though, I did hear about. Uh, you remember Trump's lawyer who quit uh, Ty Cobb? Oh yeah, that oh, guy. What's, what's, it, it, what's he doing? Well, I'm just saying, is he playing baseball. Remember how big his mustache is? <laughs> yeah, his big mustache. All right. So apparently, when Jim Bolton came on board, John, John, whatever the guy's mm. name is, right? They asked him, "It's like, hey, 
did Ty Cobb have to retire because there can't be two big mustaches <laughs> in the Trump, you know, at the same time? He, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he does hate that mustache. So good yeah. luck with that. Yeah. All right, on to on to lighter news. <clears throat> uh, Doctor Dre uh, loses trademark identity case against the doctor who writes book about male genitalia. That's right. Dr. Dre uh, had a long-time running dispute against Pennsylvania-based OBGYN Dr. Dreon M. Birch, <laughs> who filed a trademark for the name Dr. Dre, uh, D-R-A-I, and Dr. Dre, Andre Johnson, whatever his name is, he lost his, uh, his suit to that guy. So <laughs> so Dr. Dre lost to the, yeah, doctor, to so, the real doctor. Yeah, the real Dr. Dre, uh, I guess th- the courts, for some reason, gave deference to him like being a real doctor. Good and, and, <laughs> and so uh, well, plus is this real day where Doctor Dre is well Andre yeah it's Andre it's not it's Doctor. not Doctor Andre well, yeah. if he was Doctor Andre this guy's name is Dreon that's as close to Dre as but Andre he's, but he's I thought you said his name was Doctor Dre it was Doctor OBGYN Doctor D R A I O N Doctor Dreon okay but he's a real doctor the point is he's a real doctor that's why he gets preferential over getting the name Doctor Dre I mean that's what they want you to think. Well, did Dr. Dre get an honorary degree? He probably has. Yeah. Uh, from the University of Phoenix? Uh, Billionaire of Apple. <laughs> <laughs> University of Phoenix? Yep. Okay. Arizona State. Okay, but I, I sent you a clip. You got that, that uh, clip lined up? Uh, I don't have it lined up, okay. but uh, okay. I can get it lined so, up. So while I set it up here, because this thing right here, I'm surprised I haven't heard more about this. This thing is the biggest deal going. Uh, one of the biggest deals going. It's uh, Google. At one of the, I guess they had their their keynote speech or whatever. They are releasing this technology where their AI assistant, like I guess the equivalent of Siri for Google, it'll take look at your calendar, and then like say you have a haircut appointment at twelve o'clock on Saturday or whatever, it will automatically, I guess if you ask if you allow it to, automatically call your salon, and the robot voice, which is the AI has got it to a point where it sounds creepily human. That's why I want you to hear it. The AI voice will call the salon or the restaurant and make your reservation and, and will set up your appointment and and put it on your calendar. Finally. <laughs> Nobody. This, this is this is Skynet. I feel yeah. like like legitimately Skynet was basically doing this. <laughs> like when it first started. Like, you ready? Yeah. Let's listen. That's the robot talking, by the way. Hi, mm-hmm. I'm calling to book a women's haircut for our client. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the robot. I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for, Well, At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 115. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Dumb robot. Depending on what service. Dumb old, dumb old. Too smart, too smart. Just a woman's haircut for now? I've got cousin's number then. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's your first name? The first name is Lisa. Not on the side that listens to this podcast, down the other side. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, great. Thanks. We're all freaked out, right, guys? No. Sounds awesome. I probably wouldn't use it for what it's intended for, but you well, know, what well, would have, you use it for, Bo? Well, I could see that there's a lot of uh, customer service things that probably could benefit from technology like this. So, so calling you, on your behalf, or like you call into it? Yeah, you'd have to call into it. No, here's what I do. That's already out there. I get that AI voice to sound Asian and make it call all the places I pay bills to and yeah. have them negotiate down. 
<laughs> uh, that actually would be dope. <laughs> right. I'll have them call my cable company and it's negotiate a, down. Just have a call and cancel your cable every six months, and then they offer you like a special deal. <laughs> now, now you're now you're kind of convincing me. But it's got to be an Asian voice. That, that that's the trick. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take or I'll take a I'll take Caribbean mother. <laughs> I think they're, they're t- drive a hard bargain too. So here's my concern with this among among a million things because I don't you guys don't seem sufficiently freaked out. So let me try to explain to you what I'm thinking. We are about to enter a world here where millions of everyday people will be interacting with robots with no knowledge of it. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. No! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I understand where you come from, Lance. So you're saying I could be watching Netflix uninterrupted oh, this is and my schedule gets, like, coordinated behind the scenes without me actually having to lift a finger? Yes, yes. This see, oh man, that's see just the problem. Sound, that's just <laughs> sounds horrible. Do you not listen to me every week when I come here and tell you about the coming robot and/or surveillance apocalypse? <laughs> well, the surveillance apocalypse is probably actually already upon us. It's pretty close, yeah. Yeah, but I, I honestly can't wait until I have. You know, I used to grow up watching the Jetsons, mm-hmm. and I saw that. What was the Jetsons made called? R- Rosie. Rosie. I was like, that'd be awesome. You know, I, feel like I just be- have to do nothing, and it bathes me, it cleans me, it gets me ready for work. I'd marry Rosie. Yeah, I mean... She was pretty thick, Johnny. I don't know. I don't think you like <laughs> like Rosie. <laughs> she had those little spindly wheels. <laughs> but a big old uh, a trunk. I'd make her out of aluminum. You know, lighten her up a little bit. There yeah. you go. Um, okay, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I mean, so like, I, I'm, I do want like a robot butler i think i'm looking forward to that particular bit of ai yeah. but th- for some reason this this feels more creepy yeah, right, if you go if you go to okay where do you go that you can't stand the people behind the counter let's say the dmv you go to the dmv mm-hmm. and there's a person behind the counter and they just look you know obviously they're kind of dead in the eyes they work for the state <laughs> they, they like look at you obviously <laughs> obviously they're dead in the eyes right they look at you and they just see you as another person that um is gonna make their lives more miserable mm-hmm. Right. If I had to talk to a robot, he's always cheery. It doesn't matter. Man, I mean, I guess so. The robot was will will always be cheerful. I guess unless you program it to be otherwise. Yeah. So maybe instead of like an irate person calling the helpline or whatever, it'll be your robot assistant calling. Yeah. Man, I I don't know, man. I just feel like this is a one of those things where we haven't think thought through the consequences all the way yet, and it's just going to like we're going to come out there and like, whoa, why do we think that was a good idea? Well, we've I lasted actually, this long, so yeah, I actually don't even think it's going to be used that much, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, I really couldn't. I'm almost. I'm trying to think of like, what could I use it for? Do you guys use your Siri on your? You know, we're all iPhone guys, right? Uh, no, I'm not. Did you? Okay, do you use your voice assistant on whatever phone you have? Uh, I no, I don't. Never, never, never. Not, it not always, much, it not always, much at all. It's not very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use a. I use the the home speaker. You got you got a smart speaker, yeah, and you you talk that, uh, yeah, but it's not that good. It, it's it's smart, but it's smart in the fact that I say, you know, hey Alexa, can you do this? And then it goes, I'm sorry, I don't understand you, or something like that. Yeah, I'm at about an 85 percent success rate with my Alexa. Oh, really? But I'm I, like I, a 40 or something. Well, I've also tra- it's trained me to know how to talk to it. So yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a that's a thing. I want to get to a point where I don't have to. Be trained no, to no, talk to this thing. Get, that's that's that is the singularity. Like once once you can't tell the difference between the robot and, and the human, then I don't know, man. But I'm, I them. am a big fan of Westworld, and I can't <laughs> wait for the reality. <laughs> yeah, but you saw. I mean, did we I not, can't wait till they shoot us up. Yeah, I was going to say, did you not see <laughs> spoilers? Parts where the robots. 
I don't know. They're smarter and stronger. But the robots yeah, are, was, are really hot. Yeah, though. there was a good 30-year stretch where it was yeah. pretty awesome. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so right about the time we time out, it'll uh, yeah, that's, get bad. I'm fine. All oh, right, well, that's that's the hot take news. All right, more uh, good news. <laughs> you guys, uh, look out for that. And uh, for all of us here at News Center Four, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Hunter Show. I'm Bo. I'm Johnny, and I'm Lance. And here. We are talking about philosophy and morals in today's world. And this is our philosophical segment. And today we're going to talk about yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, just... We're talking... Oh, or milk. Hmm. No, we're going to be talking about culture. <laughs> I had some uh, Greek yogurt for, for lunch. Yeah, <laughs> for what's worth. Yeah. Well, I had French yogurt. What's French yogurt? Uh, we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Johnny. What's up? Uh, uh, so... Cultural appropriation, mm. I guess is the words for the day. Okay, so mm. I read this article, which kind of got me thinking. I knew this would stir Lance right up, so I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get this one yep. into the junto here. I saw this thing, by the way. I saw it this. It is, see? Yes. It's right up your alley, man. So the the story goes, um, high school prom, uh, I guess a white girl, uh, goes to prom, but she's wearing like a uh, kind of like a traditional Chinese um, outfit. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's kind of like tight fitting, gold and red and whatnot. Was it, was it? It was Chinese. Chinese. Okay, not a kimono or anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Chinese based. But uh, but it, it struck me as the Chinese analog of what a kimono is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vietnamese is ao yai, and every every Asian country has their own thing. So anyway, so this girl wears it to prom, this uh, Chinese cultural dress, and posts it on social media, and then I guess she gets a bunch of hate about it, saying, "Hey." You know, my culture is not for your wherever you're... Wait, so wait, Chinese people? I assume so. I don't know if that's a safe mm-hmm. assumption. I, maybe not. I'm sure I'm sure there's some Chinese people in there, but I'm sure everybody jumped on the bandwagon too about it. Anyways, I, I, I read this and they're trying to make the point of, hey, you know, don't try to take on other people's culture yes. and exploit it for your own personal benefit, you know? Stay in your own culture. And I thought it was stupid. Yeah, I thought you it was know, pretty dumb. Yeah, and the article goes on and say they actually somehow talked to some Chinese folks who were there and told them, "Hey, here's what's going on in America." And they're like, "That's fantastic! Well, we're so proud that the you know other people would want to wear our our, our uh, traditional attire and such. So, like, we 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 feel flattered that other people are wanting to wear." Yeah. That seems like an appropriate response yeah, to me. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> Heck yeah. But I, but I don't know what your feelings are. Oh, here we go. Here we go. If I were to come out and be like, hey, check out my dashiki. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I, that's exactly where I thought too. I was like, what happens if we start wearing that? This is, yeah. this is a legit question I, I, I yeah. had in myself. So uh, overall, I actually, of all the race stuff in the world, this is one of the things I, I have. I don't have a solid, like, for sure, one way opinion on like cultural. I mean, cultural appropriation Ooh. like is is bad. So, so, so you're saying there's time for me and Bo to mold you in this episode? I mean, sure, <laughs> sure. So, like, I doubt it, like but the, we'll, we'll try. I don't know where the line is between like respecting a culture and then the cultural appropriation, where it's like mm-hmm. a, where it's a bad thing or whatever. Cause, yeah, you, you'd have to actually give me a, a blatant example of cultural appropriation. I mean, I, I think it's when you do it in a mocking way, right? So let's say that girl who went to prom wore the dress and then spoke in the asian accent mm. like ooh, too far or she did the uh, the eye thing like with her fingers and like stretch your eyes out. yeah like, stuff like that but, ew, too far too far yeah. now 
And I think okay, if you're being yeah. respectful, but I don't know if that's cultural. That's not appropriating culture, though, is it? Well, appropriating is very loosely. It's just saying, "Hey, we're going to take on your culture and absorb it into my culture." Yeah, yeah. But so it happens all the time. Mocking a culture is not appropriating. Yeah, both right. So what would yeah. be cultural? I mean, it happens all the time. Like, so there was a big argument a little while ago about Bruno Mars, who is a non-black person who gets a what? Yeah, Bruno Mars is he's he's everything but black. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. Wait. No, uh, wait. Are we joking? No, I'm not joking. He's no, black, right? No, he's he's like Filipino, Native American. Oh, yeah, he's a little Asian. Like, that's true. Asian. He's not from Earth. <laughs> so is he like one of those Tiger Woods, the Rock kind of people? Uh, well, Tiger Woods is Caucasian, <laughs> <laughs> big, strong, good-looking person. For shuttle. Um, but uh, no, like of all because of all the things that Bruno Mars is mixed with, and there's like eight of them. Not not one is black, quote unquote black. Mm. And, but he so and this was a big argument on like black Twitter and in the in black internet or whatever <laughs> a couple months ago. Black internet, yeah. Well, there's black you Twitter. You need a secret <laughs> password for that one. Man. Well, I've seen the black Twitter, but uh, black internet never seen. That was Facebook <laughs> in Tumblr, I guess. But saying that he, because he is a non-black person doing black music, yep. that he is appropriating the culture. Especially, I think a lot of people were noticing mm-hmm. that he gets a lot more accolades than the average black artist and because there as the argument goes i don't i don't know how i feel about it exactly because he was non-black doing See, black music but i think me and bo just disproved that theory me, said, and bo, me and bo i speak for you bo yeah <laughs> i thought he was black i thought he was just singing songs and i liked the songs he was cranking out well so yeah. it wasn't because like but you're uh, not black you're not black but but that's lance's point lance's point is, i think is saying how like the non-black community gravitates to bruno mars because he's not black mm-hmm. when well, i when i'm saying i don't think the general public knows that he's not black even if even, also there's a secondary argument or related argument even if he's even if you think he's black he also presents as a fair-skinned black and there's even within the community and like society or whatever like dark-skinned Darker skinned people get less. Uh, sure, but that's even within the black community. So don't. Yeah. So, I yeah. Mean, so, so like, even if you did think he was black, he's still light skinned. Yeah. Can so, you can you culturally appropriate from light skin to black skin? Um, or I, I think, lighter skin to darker skin? <laughs> yeah, I think if like a, a dark skin guy licked his lips too much, then he would. Uh, <laughs> I think I'll take that out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I got two examples here of this here. So there's two recent music videos out there. Okay. One is from uh, David Gaeta uh, f- uh, with uh, Sia uh, called Flames. And in the video, Danny uh, Trejo. Yeah. We all know who he is, Yeah, right? Machete. Yeah, he's a machete, machete guy, right? So he dresses up as one of those old martial arts masters with the white long hair and stuff. And he's like the mentor for these uh, three Asian girls who have to go beat up the bad guy. Okay. So I'm like, okay. Seems kind of odd. But all right. Sounds good. Cool. Mm. And then another video, uh, SZA featuring Kendrick Lamar called Doves in the Wind and that one's a straight up they're all playing Asian um, fighting in the desert and this one's even more offensive because they're oh, making they're making like sound effects like hey and like try and do like really stereotypical martial wait so are they offensive or are they not offensive I found it borderline offensive okay so so, so I, I see that video I'm like not only like you weren't just trying to pay tribute and respect the Asian culture but you kind of blended in the stereotypical stuff, which just becomes a little racist. It's yeah. like, no, not all of us make all these ayah sounds and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I was like, hey, too far, man, too far. Okay, so what about the David Guetta video? Because I watched that one. Is that one offensive I, or no? I saw it two times. I didn't found it uh, immediately offensive. No. Okay. So I think with the, with that one, so even though Danny Trejo had on like a, a kimono or whatever and then like long beard, 
for sure, my, my, my sensitivity is it gets peaked when I see people of different races like darkening their skin to play a dark character. Okay. Like that for sure is a, is a no no. Like do not do that. And there's also unless long- you're Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> unless you are more hilarious than you could possibly be, which he was. Which he was. <laughs> in in Tropic Thunder, uh, it's really not worth the risk. But uh, he pulled it off though that damn Robert Downey Jr. Okay, so so um, if you. Like there's a difference between, I would say, what Danny Trejo did in that video, and I'm not Asian, so I'll defer to the community, uh, and what, say, like, I think, like, Jerry Lewis played some Asian guy in, like, Breakfast at Tiffany's or something like mm-hmm. that, where he was, like, you know, had the, the, the buck teeth and the big glasses. Yeah, yeah. Like, Clearly offensive. Like, yeah, and so one is bad, and one is okay, and I don't know exactly where the line is on, on where, you, where you cross over it, but I think for sure, if you're if you're changing your skin up, that's a, that's no bueno. Like, yeah. Well, I, I think one of the comments I heard out of uh, coming out of Black Panther was, one of the reasons why that movie was so good to review is because there are so many black characters in there. You didn't have to stereotype that one black character that's normally in other movies. Mm-hmm. In other movies, you get the one black character, therefore he has to act or she has to act traditionally black, whatever that means. Ooh, until they die. Until they die <laughs> in the first scene or so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as long as you're not doing that, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. So when I look at the uh, Scissor video, um, they're doing like the traditional Asian gimmicky stuff which which turns it offensive to a degree mm-hmm. whereas when you look at Danny Trejo and what he was doing again I only seen it like once or twice yeah. it didn't come across as like he's trying to be offensive he's just trying to portray a character that happens to be old Asian master sensei dude I guess it's like a, what's what's the old Supreme Court case or whatever where it's like a it's like smut or whatever like I can't define it but I know it when I see it okay yeah it's probably mm-hmm. it's probably one of those things. It's people like versus Larry Flint or something like that. There you go. Yeah. So so how would you feel about that? Let's say a bunch of Asian people dressed up in um, traditional African garb uh, and okay. walked around that and made a music video about it and like somewhere in South Korea with all the K pop, they come out of the video and they're all dressed in like tribal yeah. African clothing. But what if so what if they're what if they're getting traditional tribal African clothing from I don't know what Country has the traditional African clothing. I guess Kenya or something. All of them. Yeah, and then the people from Kenya are like, "Wow, we're so proud of that." Yeah. Would you be offended? So, so it's the thing, right? Because I I don't put a whole whole lot of stock in that because you could go around and find, you know, like a fair number of black people who were like, "Oh, it's cool if white people say the n word." And I'm like, "Well, (laughs) like no, that percentage of that five percent of black people who you talk to who say that it's cool will get you messed up in these streets." And and you know, yeah. So I don't know that. But let's say the majority of people. Let's use the majority, the ninety-five percent case here. It's got, yeah. You got to get into like a super majority for me to like. So let's say hypothetically, the Kenyans, ninety-five percent of the population, and they say, "Hey, cool." I'm glad they did that video. So a podcast, my my favorite podcast, Black Guy Who Tips. His rule is, I can't be more offended. I might not be him, but somebody says I can't be more offended than the person who was wronged. So like, if if say if I called a boa mf or whatever, and then Johnny was like, "Hey, I'm mad at you, Lance," and then both like, "That's fine," then like. You yeah. can't be more mad than Bo is for me calling him an MF. Sure. Well, yeah, you can. That's, that, that <laughs> logic doesn't fall. Oh, well, well there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could say, I would say probably in the realm of making, you know, people angry, that would make sense. But as soon as you go to other things, you can't, that's not a, that's not a generic rule. You can, yeah. you yeah. can uh, attribute to other things. Like I, I feel like if I went to <laughs> the Black Panther yeah. movie in traditional African garb, should be cool but if i do it um in a different situation and start doing more stereotypical um black stuff offensive clearly offensive mm. so there's a point like one in one case i'm trying to pay tribute to the atmosphere and try to be part of the community 
and the other ones I'm just trying to poke fun at it and and uh, and and propagate a stereotype about the culture. So this is a legit question I had when Black Panther came out because mm-hmm. there was a big wave of black people, but then so my thought was there's a lot of black people dressing up to go see the movie, like we put on traditional garb, did whatever. And then I was like, oh wait, but like, what if I see white people or whatever kind of people mm-hmm. like dressing up the same way? Like, uh, I feel like you should high five them and endorse them and say, hey, thanks for um, trying to um, help the community out. Those are those are your biggest proponents, folks who are actually have enough courage to go out there and not do it in an offensive way. I think that is more or less where I ended up with it. But I did I did have a good I did roll it over in my mind. Like, how do I feel about this? So like when the Black Panther toys came out. There was like a little, I think there was a little white boy in the commercial and he like put on the Black Panther mask or whatever. And I was like, how do I feel about this? You want that. I mean, I, I, think I guarantee you that that meeting about what color the kids put in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was like that was like three weeks and the guy's like <laughs> sweating it out. <laughs> what if we just put a dog in there? You know? Yeah. No, no, I, I don't want to come off a certain way. Like I love all people or whatever. But I was like, OK, so I was thinking, to myself, is this a thing where it's like. This should is is this wrong or whatever for, so, for for to be like that? And then in my mind, I was like, you know what? This little kid likes the character. He he is perfectly within his rights to 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 dress up like that character, just like anybody else does or whatever. As long as you don't, yeah, black your black your face up. <laughs> like, so, so I think that going back to the prom dress girl story yes. and how they talked to um, Chinese people and they said it was a compliment. I, I think the root of it is that. You want to have pride in your culture and even have power in that culture, right? Like right now, American culture dominates the world. Our music and our movies propagate the entire yeah. world. And even more so right? than I even even really even knew and understood until and, I, I met people from other yeah. countries. And that's a yeah. source of power that we have, not just economic power. We have cultural power here mm-hmm. in the United States. So I think when another culture starts getting imitated and um, respected like that, that's a source of power. So when the Chinese saw... An American wearing that, they're like, yes, our culture is influencing yours now, and that's a good thing. That's the source of power that we have now. So, therefore, if I'm wearing African garb, that should be like, yes, finally, our culture is being so propagated out there as a source of like a good thing that that's going to be a source of influence for the African community. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that's the way to look at it. I see your point, but I feel like it's it's more complicated than that. And and I heard this a long time ago. Um, What's that? uh, K-pop singer guy that took over the airwaves a while ago with that catchy song. Oh, uh, Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style, right? Uh, Psy. Psy, yeah. So that was actually maybe a concerted effort in the South Korean government to crank out cultural stuff that could take over the airwaves because they want their music to be more out there and hence increase their own standing in the world. Because mm-hmm. yeah. economic power, cultural power, all these things add up. I draw a line, but there's a difference between like you wanting to put your music out there and then like uh, random people putting on your traditional. Okay, so so like a uh, key key example, of the difference, right? That this, this this girl's prom dress. I don't know if that is like a a religious dress or like a traditional or a sacred garb at all. But like the Cleveland Indians fans who wear like the headdresses of the of the um well one you shouldn't call them Indians for sh- I don't know what the rules are on that but like the the Native American headdresses that like the people in Cleveland put on for that thing that is a traditional religious mm-hmm. ceremonial garb that the chiefs of that culture wear and then for just like random drunks to be wearing it around sure is considered offensive sure and then also like when with the Reds the Washington Redskins that is a racial slur right. being used as a football team but then when the when that whole controversy about should they change the name came out they went around to ask the 
a bunch of people who claim they're Native American, and they were like, we're cool with it. And I'm like, well, even though you could find a big chunk of, of them that say it's cool, I don't think it's that society should be like, mm-hmm. okay. Well, you fi- can't you can't be more offended than. <laughs> that's, uh, well, there, I think I can. Be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, but I I did have that thought right like well, yeah. they don't care but I still don't think you sh- we should like be okay with having racial slurs mm. as football team names <laughs> you know you know you couldn't even buy a scotch tape. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, a. <laughs> I, I don't feel I don't feel like it's a thing we should riff, riff on like. <laughs> no, no, really, the scotch tape. That's uh, it's so cheap. That was the that's a racial slur back in like. Is that where it came from? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, is a racial it's a racial slur. Ra- racial slur. I watched that Rachel. It's a Rachel song. slur. <laughs> She's got a documentary on that. No. That's stupid. <laughs> okay, uh, wait. So so let's see. So I, I still haven't even gotten like a really good example of cultural appropriation. I think okay, uh, you ever seen the pimps and hoes parties? The what? Pimps and hoes parties. Or no. cultural? Part- okay, the, the people. <laughs> yeah, but that's mocking culture. That's not appropriating. Those <laughs> like what? Well, is that? That's that's the point. Like it's not good. Okay, but so yeah. Johnny, look up the actual definition of cultural appropriation. Yeah. Like if let's say Eminem, right? He's a rapper, right? Yeah. You would say rap music is a traditionally um, uh, African American uh, cultural musical yeah. style, right? Sure, that's fair. Um, I would say. Eminem rapping, I don't even know, is that cultural appropriation? Uh, to, to, I think you'll get a, a, a different answers from different people. Yeah, I personally think Eminem is fine doing what he's in. Most white white rappers or whatever, you can. there's a lane for you. Yeah. And I personally think Eminem <laughs> is the best rapper. Okay. Which, uh, yeah. what's that? So why can't Bruno Mars do his thing? I don't think Bruno Mars... So, so here's the thing with Bruno Mars for me. Um, I think Bruno Mars is fine. I think that... Uh, I th- one, I think anybody can do music or whatever... Timberlake did it for a little while. I'm not a big fan of him going country now, as we've discussed. <laughs> but what Bruno Mars and and ostensibly most people who who do the music of a different culture or whatever, mm-hmm. as long as you're respectful about it, like Bruno Mars, he never goes on TV and is like, "I invented this," or you know, uh, <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, he's kind of weird. <laughs> but you know, for example, right? If he did yeah. that, then he then that, that I think that would be where he would lose his credibility or his his good standing in the community. Okay. But for the most part, he's always like he hired like, or if he had like all white background dancers or something like that, maybe that would be weird and that would be a thing, like doing black music with all white mm-hmm. backers or whatever. But he he has a very diverse uh, crew. He's always talking about the his influences from back in the day, who are all like you know like legit people, and he's always like giving respect to the the culture he like he knows like hey thank you for supporting me or whatever like i've never got a bad vibe from him i think if like eminem or whoever was like hating on the culture that they were also in at the same time mm-hmm. i think that would be like where you would start losing losing your ground on, on it being good okay so you would say culture appropriation if i'm hearing you right is know. is let's say you have something that is traditionally part of the african-american community mm-hmm. i look at that and i say hey that's a cool thing I say, hey, I'm going to do that over here. And then if other people from that culture want to be a part of that, I say, no, no, no. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think that is like the official definition, but that yeah. is like a not good thing. Yes, that is a yeah. bad thing. So if Bruno Mars was singing uh, traditionally African-American music and he didn't hire any any black people, then... I could be purposely was like avoiding it. Yeah. Then that would be that would be the bad thing. That would be bad. If he's purposely yeah. avoiding it. Yeah. But cultural appropriation by itself... By seeing something that other people are doing and saying, "Hey, that's cool. I want to copy that." Nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, I think that might be the actual definition, <laughs> but, yeah. I, but but I, but but it might be one of those things where it's like the words and the definition mean one thing, but then also you got to like be the worst version of it for it to be the official thing. So, Johnny, what's the official definition? Oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> what do you? Mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Instead, what I got was, uh-huh. I think uh, a better term that I like to call this is cross-pollination. Mm-hmm. So in that mm-hmm. context, I, I, I'm i going to go ahead and come down and say on the record that I'm a fan of cross-pollination. I think that's something we should do more of because that's a sharing of cultures and understanding of each other. So that is a good thing. Yep. And as the the great Questlove, the drummer and co-founder of Roots said, we as a black people have to come to grips that hip-hop is a contagious culture. And th- this is a in a Time Magazine article where he was defending Iggy Azalea, the white Australian rapper, um, and doing what she does. So Wait, what did he say I, about I'm Iggy Azalea? Like, no, that, that's Questlove defending Iggy Azalea. He defended that. Iggy Azalea? Yeah. He, oh, he, he, he just said, we as a black people have to come to grips that hip-hop is a contagious culture. And I yeah. agree with that. I, I agree with that first yeah. part. But if I, people want to start singing Asian-style songs, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, but you're saying just that don't Iggy Azalea is way. not really a very strong she, rapper. She right? is the bad example of, of the thing. <laughs> she is? Yeah. Why? Uh, well, I think she's... Okay, so... Well, I would say that you could say Australians... I think she is. She's what? I think she is. She's what? You think or you know? Um, I feel like she is. How about that? Is that the majority population in the black community feel that way? Yes. Mm. She's not a, She's not very welcome. I mean, well... I wonder why that is. Why Eminem and not Iggy? Because Eminem is authentic and Iggy Azalea puts on a black, vo- quote-unquote, black voice affectation that she's she's Australian, <laughs> you know, as, as they stated. Yeah. And then when she talks, she... Puts on a uh, a Brooklyn uh, veneer, which is some type of a uh, I don't know fakeness that she's trying to, to put out there. Okay, so I think there's other artists out there all the time that put on fake voices yeah. for their songs. Yeah, but it let's happens. say let's say you're listening. You are okay, but if somebody but if somebody is like puts on the the, the breakfast at Tiffany's Chinese voice, you know, for their for their singing and whatever, like that is not a good thing. But if that's the only Chinese voice they heard and they like it, then I don't know if I could really fault them too much. Let's say you're you're young Iggy Azalea, mm-hmm. you know. Good day, mate. I like I like to listen to this Run DMC, <laughs> you know. And then they have a they have this Brooklyn accent, and then you you from ages seven to fifteen, mm-hmm. all you do is repeat those. You're gonna you're gonna have that accent when you say, can't uh, help it. I, if if so, even Eminem puts on a voice when he raps. I think. I'll make some room for it if you do it during the song, or whatever. But she's doing it in her interviews too, and maybe it's like some type of big performance art thing, or whatever. That's fine. I don't like it, and it's from my understanding not very well liked overall. All right, definition of cultural appropriation is a concept in sociology dealing with the adoption of the elements of a minority culture by members of the dominant culture. It is distinguished from equal cultural exchange due to the presence of a colonial element and imbalance of power. Uh, cultural appropriation is often portrayed as harmful in contemporary cultures and is claimed to be a violation of the collective intellectual property rights of the originating minority cultures, notably indigenous cultures and those thriving under, living under colonial rule. All right. So it's got a negative connotation. Hence, I like the word cross-pollination better now. Mm. Yeah, but, but okay, the, the, the issue you're going to run into is if you put cross-pollination on some stuff that is bad. So, like, we have to be able to label the, the bad version of True. it as the bad version as well. True, but I'd rather default to a positive word as opposed to defaulting to a, no, let's not do that kind of thing. Let's 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 defer on the positive of cross-pollination, let it happen, assume the positive intent until we're proven wrong, until we find out, like, oh, no, no, they are really mocking me, in which case I don't like that. Mm. As opposed to immediately defaulting to, whoa, 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 hold on, what are you doing wearing the Asian dress? No? Okay, you're not offending me? All right, okay, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, no, just go ahead and do it. Let's 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 trust one another. Yeah, but that, you wouldn't be part of the minority culture. I think that's kind of the. Well, I am a minority culture. Well, the the Asian dress is the minority culture in America. In America, yeah, it'd be like wearing a cowboy hat in China. That would be cultural appropriation the other way. Really, <laughs> I think it'd be funny as heck. We <laughs> do it. That's interesting. Know. A lot of Chinese or Asian people like to dress up like um, um, John Wayne. No, the king of rock and roll. Elvis. Um, Elvis. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, I should have said uh, Rick James. <laughs> 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 or whoever. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I think we settled that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think. Uh, Did we give them to a conclusion? Um, I, I, my, I think I'm going to go with with my earlier thing that it's it's like a it's like porno, yeah, like or you know it when you see it, but you can't define it, mm-hmm. but you know it when you see it. <laughs> Just earn that explicit tag. <laughs> <laughs> and also, do not ch- do not change your physical appearance, like the the skin coloring. Is, is like a, a big red X no matter how you do it. Okay. Unless you're Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to get a dark natural tan. <laughs> Who is, uh, who's the, uh, the the baseball player from Cuba? Oh, uh, uh, Sammy Sosa. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I do. Yeah. Culture appropriation. I don't know what that is. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's that. <laughs> okay. Hey, this is America. I'm Lance. <laughs> I'm Johnny. And I'm Bo. All right, so we were here with our world famous <laughs> pop culture segment. So, uh, the thing I, I wanted to bring to the the Junto here and get you guys uh, reactions or thoughts on is the new uh, Childish Gambino song, and particularly video for the for the song "This Is America." Oh, are we talking about that now? Yeah. Oh, okay, hold on. I gotta take off my shirt <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and uh, put on your uh, your, I, your tight corduroys. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I do think the video was better than the song. Ah, but because if I had just listened to the song, it was a good song. Mm-hmm. But the video is much better than the song. Uh, I love both of them. Yeah. I don't think I really understand what he's saying a whole whole lot. But I feel like when I do, well, one I don't need to, and then two when I do, I like what he's saying. But uh, I yeah. love the video and song. Uh, so all equally. So what is he saying? What in the song? Yeah, this is America. It's a lot about guns. To be honest. Uh-huh. Well, that's what the the video stuff is. So the video, if you watch the if you watch the video, you can use you you read one thing into the song, and if you hear it, you probably there's probably some subtle things about guns, but you wouldn't get that from the except for the gunshot. <laughs> the parts where he shoots a bunch of people. <laughs> well, you don't see that. You don't see that in the you hear that in the song. You know? He's talking about guns a lot. Yeah. I, I, oh, so the, uh, how are you with understanding the uh, the rap there? Did you understand what he was saying? Um, I just remember this is America and him doing a silly dance with his arms <laughs> up. And yeah. I and I guess I I remember reading it was like an a, it was like a traditional uh, African dance. I don't remember it's like the Guara influenced by it probably. Yeah, yeah. So th- so did you like the song? Yes or no? But yeah, it's a. Uh, I think he's a he's a he's a talent. Uh, but I would say I think his other songs are are better. But I think the hype that this this one song is getting is not due to the song itself. Yeah, I think it's a lot. Yeah. I think well, the song is good, but I think it's. I will concede the point that I think it's the combination thereof at minimum. Yeah, that's uh, really getting the uh, the big press. So Johnny, what what do you think about it? I thought it was good. I think he was. I I'm a big fan of music videos. I try to tell a story, so clearly he's trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. Um, the gun part of it is quite obvious. Um, the deep. Well, there's there. Okay, so I'll dig in on that when you get done. I mean. I think I'm getting the superficial um, read of the of the video in the in the song right now, and and that's my whole point. I feel like there's a lot deeper levels that he's trying to go for as an artist that he's trying to convey to me, and maybe just hitting me subliminally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the obvious impact is, hey, this is America. Guns is a thing here. Police is whack. Um, 
like the day after that video you know dropped there was all these there was all these articles that came out and it was like what childish gambino really means you know? uh, sorry sorry um l- let me quote the actual lyrics please be tripping now uh, <laughs> i mean so there you go fair point fair point and they're getting called on random people for just sitting around doing nothing i saw the police got called on some guy for taking a nap in his dorm all right, so uh, so so what do you? That's probably happened before, plenty of times. No, it's not good whenever it happens. Well, I know, but I'm just saying it's not like anything new. So, uh, what what uh, do you? What's the message you think he's trying to portray from from, from the video there, there, Bo? Uh, oh, yeah, so I'll say too. I like the song. Yeah, I like the video. Uh, I'm a big Gambino fan. I'm a big Donald Glover fan. I watch his. Uh, he can't do no wrong. I don't. I haven't seen anything that he's put out that I'm like that's no good. Oh no no no. His uh, his old stand up is bad. I don't like stand up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> his, uh, that weirdo thing is not not my ba- my cup of tea. And for the brilliance of a few songs on Awaken My Love, the last album, I don't listen to that album front to back. I play like Redbone and like two more songs and then cut it off. Right. So um, I guess I, I I'll jump out and say so. I've read a bunch of articles on the video and I think it's um. It's really got a lot of imagery in it. For those of you who haven't seen it, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. But it's, uh, it's like a, it's one. I think it's a big commentary on society and our gun culture in America, and the subtle things in there. So, like uh, in the beginning, he shoots that guy. That's Trayvon Martin's dad that he sh- that he shot there. So, like, yeah. uh, that was a like blows your mind there. And then, um, no, it was an actor who played Trayvon Martin's dad, or was it actually? I think, it's, I think it's actually Trayvon Martin's dad. Is what I read. I haven't. You know, I haven't was Trayvon? No, so I read that and I was and I was confused because the there's a guy who's uh, is Trayvon's is Trayvon Martin's dad an actor? No, I don't think or, so. or a rapper, some some kind of artist or something. Not like that, that I know of. No. Okay, so he was out there. He was playing. Well, guitar. I mean, like every black person raps like, yeah. on the side. Okay. <laughs> so, Does he have a mixtape? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, I mean, so there might be that, but I I don't know him as that. You know, I know him more as just like Trayvon Martin's dad. Okay. Okay, so I think that the overall imagery of the video, so it's like him dancing in the foreground mm-hmm. and then craziness and violence happening in the background. Also, uh, a book ended, or not book ended, but like uh, punctuated with extreme gun violence at different points. So I think the the overall uh, message of the video, it's a pretty dark episode, <laughs> the overall message of the video mm-hmm. is that um, it's like America has all of these underlying problems, but as long as people are distracted by the dancing the shucking and the jiving then they kind of just ignore all the bad things that are happening because they're they're too busy focusing on the superficial instead of the actual underlying issues of society yeah so i kind of got that but i didn't know if it was specifically directed at the um you would say the the ills of the black community or something like that right Mm. so you would say because I mean, if you were if you were, if you would say this is America and West Virginia, you'd have you know half of them on opioids or something, you know. Okay, so this so, is, that's not Trayvon Martin's yeah, dad in the video. Check his says, <laughs> yeah. okay. And the uh, the actor in the Childish Gambino video actually goes further and says, "I hope uh, Trayvon's uh, father actually doesn't watch this music video because it's a lot of gun violence in it, and yeah. like uh, a little yeah. too much." And I was trying to figure out like what the message of him shooting Trayvon Martin's dad would be, but I was like, I don't know. But once you, t- you hear that, I'm like, yeah, it's deep. <laughs> you wish, yeah. I, mean, th- I think that's the thing once you want to like something you just read more into it, like oh yeah I like where they're going with that which is interesting right because I, I have a friend who does not like Childish Gambino and then like we have conversations about it and 
it's like I see what they're saying when they talk about this thing they don't like or that it happened in like the the TV show in the Atlanta show or whatever. But I'm just like, like I like I mean I can see it right, but it, you got to look at it from a from a very not generous lens to see the thing that happened. Like it's there, and I'm like, oh. okay, yeah. Oh, you mean you in other movies where you nitpick? The, <laughs> it's clearly a sci-fi Armageddon post-apocalyptic movie land. So why are you picking on why the character didn't do that? I mean, so? yeah, that's that's true. Like. It, Say if, uh, like Beyonce, uh, she did a video where, where she like dressed up in Indian garb or whatever, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's fine," because <laughs> everybody loves Beyonce. Yeah. But like, let uh, I don't know uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donald Trump eats, eats Taco Bowl. I'm Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I thought that was a when when he remember he was running for office and he was like I like Mexicans and then he puts yeah. a picture of a taco salad <laughs> and I was I just when I saw it I just laughed and laughed and I was like yeah I was like he is joking he has got to be joking he's just so blind to it and then, I don't know if he's blind know, I, think he's, well, I think he's a big troll he's a, anyway but that's nice yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a good video it's a good video yeah. uh, Gambino right. is the man. Killing it out here. It feels like we've had a really deep episode here. Yeah, man. You guys really got to know us this, this episode. Yeah. Right. So let's make the next episode very, very light and superficial, <laughs> please. Okay. okay. Sure. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the Junto Show. Uh, uh, so <laughs> please leave us five star reviews. Five. <laughs> Not four. And only five on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and all the, all the things like that. And please visit us on uh, patreon.com slash Junto Show if you want to be a uh, contributor to what we love to do. All right, we'll be back after this. Thanks for listening.